Ball spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Wednesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. Get into all kinds of different topics. What do you think it sounded like last night in Camden Yards, or at least in the uh, broadcast booth, when Kyle Tucker hit a go-ahead grand slam in the ninth inning? Probably silence. Is everybody scared that they'd be off with your head? <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you even mentioned, oh, uh, that just blew a three-run lead? Exactly. Did you hear yeah. the chant? Yeah, I did. I was watching. Free Kevin Brown. Mm-hmm. Free Kevin. That was, it was awesome. On, it was on TBS, so there was a, you know those neutral guys, mm-hmm. and they definitely talked about the subject. Absolutely. Yeah, Chip Carey, something about 270 straight losses. You see that in the, <laughs> the Angels and, no. uh, and Rays game. That the, the Rays have now lost like 270 in a row to the Orioles. Just, I mean, sticking it. Everybody is sticking it to the Angelos family. No, I thought that was uh, pretty pretty ironic for that big a negative thing to happen <laughs> literally the day after. Uh, that, so that was that was great with baseball. Uh, I was reading a article on ESPN.com, college football wise. And it was the, uh, oh, the the annual underachiever column. And it had, you know, like the, the biggest underachiever in college football. And then it had some different tiers. So that got me to thinking, okay, who, just if you haven't seen it, who do you think is the biggest underachiever in college football? And then from there, it, it broke out into teams that haven't made the playoff, Teams that seem to have advantages of big cities, da 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 da. So my questions are: Who's the biggest underachiever in college football? Who should have made the playoff and hasn't, due to resources, due to history, and of I've got three main culprits here, and who will get there first? And then a little bit further down, <clears throat> who's the next school to win their first national title? And I'm talking about AP national titles. Who do you think will be the first school to win the next school to win their first? Uh, Chip Kelly had some interesting ideas for realignment. Do you see him? Do you see what he he said? It's pretty interesting. No. And so, what's your plan out there? Who's got a plan to make this work? ESPN now in the betting game. Good grief. Seems a little late, but... They're going to get some jack. Dave Portnoy, did he make the best business deal of all time? Rivals Michael Jordan buying the what, what he just did with the Hornets with the money. Uh, did you watch Hard Knocks? I did. Okay, we'll get your thoughts on that. Do you think it's right that the NFL forced the Jets to do this? 
if it's not the Jets this year, who would you like? And then I think there's a new contender for the first coach fired in the NFL with some comments he's made over the last couple of days and with who is now on his coaching staff. Things could get very, very juicy for one NFC East organization. Hmm. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That is 225-9698. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. If you got something else on your mind, feel free to chime right in at 225-9698. If you um, are going to be outside the listening area one of these days, you want to stay in touch with us live, it's easy. Log on to kadsam.com. You can download the app. The app is free, and it's got everything. It's got the radio. It's got the Penny News, brand-new edition of the Penny News. Hit the website last night at midnight at thepennynews.com. And check out the print copy this evening. By tomorrow morning, go pick up a free copy of the Penny News everywhere at your favorite local newsstand. Big Elk and Paragon TV. Big Elk TV's been on the air the last couple of days of softball from the softball boosters. The Elkettes rolling to two straight shutout victories. So, a good start there for Coach Murray and his squad. And, of course, uh, Big Elk football. Gosh, Jared, what's that, 16 days? 16 yeah, days. we're getting close. For the Elks Open with Altus. And then, of course, the Skinny on Sports podcast available at kadsam.com, at least right now. And then you'll have, uh, what, anywhere else where podcasts drop? You can find them, puppies, if you miss the show. How are you today, Jared? I'm well. So you watched Hard Knocks? I did. I did, I did watch it. Are you of the, as I was texting with some guys watching it, uh, reading some texts, are you of the opinion now, after watching the first episode of Hard Knocks, that the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. It's still the Jets. But they got a lot of – you know, we've talked about the stuff we knew about them, um, the young core that they have – you know, they drafted well, and that was shown last night with Sauce Gardner and um, um, the wide receiver. Name Garrett Wilson. Name. Garrett Wilson, thank you. Um, the, they'll be better. I mean, they have to be, right? They got Rodgers and those guys I've talked about. So – I think they got a good coach. I'm, I've always been impre- impressed with um, Saleh. I think I'm saying his name right. Sala. Sala. Robert Sala. Sala. So, I – Super Bowl, come on. Better? Yeah. I think it'll be better. What is he like? Did you see a bunch of Robert Sala? Because when you, when you see him, like, just normally in the media or on the, on the sideline, he seems so stoic that – it is probably a bad break for him, in my mind, to follow Dan Campbell last year with the Lions and, and his energy and how kind of wild and crazy he is. I would imagine that Sala would seem kind of like a buzzkill compared to what Dan Campbell was. A little bit more businesslike and, and down-to-earth, knows the game really well from what I could tell. You, you would hope so. He's the head coach of an NFL football team. Um you know, the, they opened the show with him giving like a, a speech to the team talking about eagles and crows. You'd have to look it up. And um, I'm really uh, a player's coach. I, I think a lot of the players will connect or do connect with him. And I really enjoyed when they, you know, they had him mic'd up for the Hall of Fame game and how he's just, he really expressed to me a love for football because he could see a player and go, man, that guy's good. Look at that guy. Look at him fly. Look at him do, he was really high on a linebacker and and stuff like that. 
no, I mean, everybody's personality is different, but he's definitely a coach. I, I would, I, I was impressed with, I mean, his X's and O's, his approach to, um, you know, I've always thought that's the hardest is at any professional level, being a coach of men that are more or less just a few years behind you in age. You know what I mean? In some cases, you got some young coaches like Sean McVay, for example, who might be younger than some of your veteran players. And, you know, when he started, but that's very intimidating. How do you connect with those guys? You know, how do you talk to them and, and coach them and maybe even discipline them uh, when when the time calls for it? Uh, he, he seems like a guy that can connect to these players and they'll listen to him and respect him. He's not going to be as energetic as some other coaches, but he can get – from what that one game I saw, he got really excited about some plays. That was fun to watch. I liked him. Yeah. I, I like him. I mean, I, I think that's – I think him and Rodgers are going to have a good good rapport. It does feel like so far Aaron Rodgers is on his best behavior and maybe in a way better spot in life and, and for sure football-wise than he has been lately. I don't know if maybe things just grow, grew stale in, in Green Bay, if he was just frustrated with the culmination of everything there. You know, for a guy that's been that good and a team that's been that good, just one Super Bowl appearance and one Super Bowl title in his time in Green Bay seems a little shallow for what it should have been. I wonder if the frustration of, of maybe some drafting, all the numbers had always been there, but it seems like since the Jordan Love pick, every year, or through heck, 365, those numbers of oh well the you know the, he's only thrown a touchdown to Mercedes Lewis is the only guy that's ever been a first round pick that he's thrown a touchdown to you know yeah. all of those different things have really come to the surface and I wonder if that would just eventually wore him out if there is something off the field you know I mean he's obviously one of the guys that was against being forced to take the vaccine so much though so that he essentially lied about it you know. And he was right. So, you know, that's just kind of the – I think a lot of that piled on each other, piled on itself there in Green Bay to where he was probably ready for a change in scenery. And, and this does feel like it's done, gone well for him. I mean, now you see him hobnobbing with the, the young guys, which was something he didn't seem to want to do in Green Bay, um, even to the point where it looks like he's going to be a pretty good mentor to Zach Wilson and – who would have ever thought middle of last year would would Aaron Rodgers be the savior of Zach Wilson's potential career in the NFL so uh, things seem to be pretty hunky-dory there um with the Jets now we'll see what happens in week five when he's getting knocked down six or seven different times getting sacked or what have you because their offensive line isn't very good how that translates with frustration but yeah I, I think everything seems good in Jetland well, it was a good hire to – I know Nathaniel Hackett took a lot of heat for how his tenure went in Denver, but there was a segment, you know, of uh, about Rodgers and Nathaniel Thackett, uh, Hackett's relationship. Mm-hmm. And that was a good hire to keep, you know, one Rodgers happy, and they've had success in Green Bay, so they're going to try to replicate that offensively um, in New York, so – I thought that was a good hire. That's a good landing spot for for Hag. You feel bad for a guy that just got so much bad publicity and everything that went down in Denver, and rightfully so. I mean, it was a mess for sure. 
and I, that's a whole nother conversation. Was it Hackett's fault? Was it Wilson's fault? Was a little bit of both. Wilson having a bad year for a first year head coach. I don't know, but I think Hackett's back where he needs to be as a, as a coordinator and with the guy that he's had success with. So it's a nice bounce back job for him. And that's, so I, again, I think that's a good hire for Rogers and the jets. So again, I, I, Super Bowl, come on. Better contenders take them seriously when the Jets fly into town? You better be. I think they'll be really good. Yeah, I think the Jets are in the wrong conference to really be considered a, a true Super Bowl contender because the AFC is loaded. You know, they might be the third or fourth best team in the NFC, which gives you, you know, a pretty good chance. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that in the AFC. Uh, do you think it's right that the NFL essentially forced the Jets to do this? Well, right or wrong i mean they're the perfect choice right oh it's it's what people want to see you got the new quarterback and for everything we've talked about i was on that note shocked of how much rogers we saw because i thought there was gonna be pushback from i thought i had heard that rogers was like god i really don't want to do this but he really opened it's like okay they're doing it and he accepted it and he came in like all right we're gonna do this i'm gonna give you a show and he was very candid and in loose with the cameras and funny and energetic and all of that stuff you saw the leadership qualities i was surprised we saw as much aaron Rodgers as we did in episode one i thought it would be more of a ease in but that is the story i mean that's the storyline of the jets is aaron Rodgers. so you would hope you'd see as much as you got out of episode one but back to your question i i look at it like this i mean aren't is not the jets the nfl's property i mean kind of like you know i've always used that analogy of the boss gonna tell you to do something i know you don't like it but might as well do it. I mean, you see where I'm going with that? I mean, the NFL front office, they listen, you got to do it. Well, you know, that, did you know there's criteria for this? How you can decline it? No. I didn't until this year. I didn't, I didn't know you could decline. or You can decline. Okay, so there's three different ways you can decline being the subject of the hard knocks. One, you've made the playoffs in the past two seasons. So any team that's been in the playoffs the past two years can, can say no. Number two, if your team has a first-year head coach, and number three, if you've been on Hard Knocks in the past decade. All right. And so this year... That eliminates my answer for one of your questions, though. So so this year, the teams that were possible were the Bears, the Saints, the Commanders, and the Jets. Well, out of those four teams, yeah, it's those... obvious where the NFL was yeah. going to head with this. It was yeah. always going to be the Jets. Those always. Are, the others sound kind of boring. Yeah, maybe not the commanders. I got a little bit of that coming up yeah. here in just a second. But uh if if those if those rules weren't in place, I would have been really interested to see Denver. Yeah, with Sean know, Payton Sean coming Payton, in. Sean Payton, mm -hmm. horrible year last year. Sean Payton coming in. And then it just would have been hard knocks gold if you could have got on film him talking about Hackett and what he left behind. Yeah, he just went ahead and did that anyway. Yeah, he did. But <laughs> without hard knocks. Yeah, and and you know Wilson in, in year two in Denver, new head coach. The, though, so as far as interest level, would have, Jets obviously number one, and then and then Denver after that. Yeah, that was the question I asked. Who else would you, if it wasn't the Jets, who would it be? Yeah, and, and I didn't know about those and rules. I don't, yeah, and, and I asked that question without those four things, without those rules being in place, and, and only having a choice of three others. You know, I, I think it's there's always a fascination with everything Dallas, but gosh. You see a bunch of their camp now, not the behind the scenes kind of stuff, but just because yeah. there's so many people there, 
so many people watching. I think for me, uh, two years ago they're there. Yeah, Was two seasons ago. I think I might go with the Giants. The Giants, just because of the the way the off season went. Is there is there really some turmoil there with with Saquon, mm. Daniel Jones getting paid, him not? What's the friction? You know, I, I just maybe a peek behind the curtain there to figure out. Okay, is this no big deal? Is this just the business of it, or are there some hard feelings going on there in that locker room in New York? What about and, I, places, and I think Dayball would be pretty interesting too. What about places like with new quarterbacks? <clears throat> you know, the, the highly drafted ones that we just saw go. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> none of those really fascinate me right now. Yeah, to be honest with you, just because of where they went. I mean, the teams have been. You know, I just don't. The storyline there isn't created yet. I guess, and they would have to be like so, next year after a promising year for first year quarterback. Yeah, and, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it, th- those teams are so bad that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud to me were always gonna be the starter because of what they had to compete with. Right? I yeah. mean, Davis Mills. Huh? Okay, whatever. Or yeah, I mean that'd be interesting too. Just. And I don't know of one. Well, Tampa Bay, like a place that has a quarterback battle going sure. on. You know, to see the behind the scenes of that and the intensity of a quarterback battle. Yeah, I'm sure we've seen that in Hard Knocks, but that that's one that's interesting. Maybe Jacksonville. They had a nice, promising year mm-hmm. going into this year. There's a lot of this year is a lot of expectations for them and Trevor Lawrence and everybody. Yeah, I mean everybody's got their storyline. Sure, yeah. but I. I I think this the NFL, one is the number one. It was easy, the, and and the good news was they were on the teams they could force to do it list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I think if if it had been anybody else, we're having this conversation. We're going, man, I wish they'd have been at the Jets, right? <clears throat> you know, if it was somewhere else. So yeah. NFL got got it right, got lucky in in some ways, but this is at it's the number one storyline in the in the yeah. league. What can Aaron Rodgers do with the Jets? Right. And I was uh, going into it thinking, we're not going to, like I said earlier, thinking we're not going to see a lot of Aaron Rodgers. And about 75, 80% of that show was him. Yeah. You wonder how and that it should be. It that'll probably be. Peter, that, peter out. It will. They'll find uh, other storylines sure. to follow and, and, you know, of course, the cuts that come and all that stuff. Yeah, they're not yeah. going to show those. They don't show the cuts. Not this year. Robert Solis said no. We're not showing the people get cut. Interesting. So. That'll be a little bit of a, a new wrinkle. Soft. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, well, <laughs> speaking of soft, a great segue there, Jared. Have you seen the kerfuffle going on at the Washington Football Club uh, or they whatever they are? Got a problem with Eric Bieniemy's uh, coaching style. So I guess Eric Bieniemy is being a little bit rough, being a little bit too intense at practice. I'm sorry, this isn't a pillow fight. This is football for the in the early going here of training camp. And Ron Rivera, instead of just saying, squashing it basically, and saying he's doing a great job and we're adjusting to his style, he kind of opened up the curtain just a little bit and essentially said that he's had guys come to him wanting him to go tell enemy to tone it down a little bit. Why? Did Ron Rivera answer that question that way? Because he did he ever go to be enemy, or did he go out and answer that question so be enemy hears it and goes, well, maybe I need to tone it down. Is he avoiding a conflict and letting the news do the work for him? Headlines do the work for him? 
I think there's a chance that Ron Rivera is trying to create some negativity around Eric Bieniemy because I think there's a chance that Ron Rivera believes that Eric Bieniemy was brought in to take his job. Oh wow. Yeah, there's always been that talk why hasn't he had a or gets a head coaching job yet? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Wow, you know, there, okay. there, there's some there's been some things off the field in his past that probably come up. Uh, you've always heard that he's not a very good interview, but that, this is from teams that didn't hire him, right? And so they're going to have to think of something to to satisfy. But I, I'm telling you right now, if it comes down to a media kind of fight between Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy is going to win. Because Eric Bieniemy has the entirety of the NFL media behind him, and and not even NFL media, media all over the country, because he hasn't been hired as a head coach, even though the success that has come with his time as the offensive coordinator at Kansas City. Now, no one has any idea to what extent he really had to do with that success everyone knows he didn't call the plays that was Andy Reid's job yeah but that doesn't matter because everyone's convinced that Eric B enemy isn't getting a job as an NFL head coach because of the color of his skin and because of that Ron Rivera is an idiot for starting this kind of war in the media with Eric Bieniemy, because Eric Bieniemy will win the public opinion because of the articles that will be written. Now he came out, I guess today already, and kind of smoothed that back a little bit, trying to save some face. But man, bad move by Ron. And I'm telling you right now, I I was trying to find the the betting markets for first NFL head coach fired. Originally, uh, Mike McCarthy was the was the favorite there. I'll bet you that has changed just a little bit with what has gone down here in in Washington. So watch out. So he didn't hire him. Yeah, Rivera. Did he hire? Yeah, him? Yeah, I think he did. But well, he, why would you hire a guy knowing that is he or is he pressured or forced to hire? Well, him? You never know. Uh, you know, it's it's the. And here's another thing that's so so different around that franchise right now, is the sale that was completed. Mm-hmm. You know the, the the regime that hired everybody there isn't the regime that is now the ownership group. Yeah, so, so there's it, always that's an, and, there's always that, it's, and maybe that's yeah. maybe that has come to light a little bit since the hiring of Ron Rivera's getting wind, or he's getting afraid that the new ownership group has a different way of thinking you know what i'm saying yeah and and different ideas uh for what's happening but i would put let's see head coach fired in nfl i would i would i would guess that just in the last 24 to 36 hours ron rivera's name has vaulted up this list of hot seats of hot seats and, and guys that have the best chance of getting fired 
in the NFL first. Uh, speaking of betting, did you see the deal with uh, ESPN? So ESPN and Penn Gaming, which Penn Gaming is licensed to operate casinos in like 15 or 17 states. I can't remember. I think it was 17 states. And they have made a deal with ESPN. So basically ESPN is going to be the face of Penn Gaming. I think you're going to see a drastic switch in a lot of things when you're watching uh, from game day to the NFL stuff in the mornings. And, you know, we've started to see a little bit of, a bit of change with, at least on the scroll, you've started to see odds, you know, what, what's the line, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Right. That's fixing to be shot up to a whole different level with this deal because Penn Gaming is going to pay ESPN $1.5 billion over 10 years with another $500 million stake in the company. So get ready. If you if you like the gambling aspect of sports, ESPN is about to give it to you in a way that you've never had it before. And then you've got uh, Dave Portnoy at Ball, uh, Barstool Sports. So he sold Barstool to Penn Gaming for $500 million. Essentially, the package was worth $500 million. Just before this uh in like 2020 oh gotcha 21 i mean it's not it hasn't been maybe 18 months okay with this deal with espn pen gaming essentially gave dave portnoy barstool sports back with the caveat of they get half of the proceeds of any sale moving forward so it's almost like a non-compete in ways for him not to sell so he made 500 million and then got his baby back that's pretty good for dave portnoy i think he did okay in that deal uh yeah oh by the way ron rivera plus 700 he is tied for third so it's mccarthy and todd bowles at plus 600 josh mcdaniels and ron rivera plus 700 in the first nfl head coach fired odds there are betting odds of who's gonna get fired first yes crazy yes there are yeah portnoy he made out well ESPN, you know, there's been lots of stories written. Buy a lot of pizza with that. <laughs> yeah. There's been lots of stories written uh, recently about the, the money struggles at ESPN. Sure. Yeah, I mean. This alleviates some of that. I mean, I know they're still paying bukus and bukus of money for different you know rights to live, the live events. But, boy, you've knocked down $1.5 billion uh, over 10 years. That'll at least try to plug the dam a little bit yeah. uh, while they try to kind of figure out what's next for them in the world of, of either streaming or, or you know, whatever they're trying to do. Um, this helps out immensely with that. And like I said, if you, if you like gambling, if you like that aspect of sports, ESPN is about to bring it to you in a multitude of different ways. And it'll be front and center. Gone are the days of, Brent Musburger saying, or Al Michaels, boy, that mattered for some and not others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think now they'll just tell you. They'll say, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll be back to college football next. It's almost here. In motion is Patton. It's going to be that trap play to Garbarino up the middle. That's a 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Big Elks! 
Cooper Garbarino, 77 yards. We're closing in on the start of Big Elk football, which means Big Elk TV will be on the air before you know it. Wynn and Garza are the running backs. Jones under center. Austin, snap, turn, handoff to win. Jaden piles toward. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. You'll be able to watch and see if Coach Maynard's brown and white clad Elks can continue their winning ways. Snap back, play action, lobs it toward the end zone. He's got a man. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. Tucker Garza. To get your business on the Big Elk TV screen, call 225-9696 or stop by our office at 220 South Pioneer. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Hanging out here on a Wednesday in studio. Off the air, Jared, we were talking about um, this is an interesting question. Because I think, so the question on the table is, is salsa... (laughs) I thought we were going no, no. back to sports. No, no. Okay. Is okay. salsa hot sauce? Is hot sauce? Is hot is hot salsa. sauce I'm, salsa? Are they in the same family food group? What it? Because here's the thing: I, people will pass me the hot sauce, uh-huh. and you know it'd be salsa. Yeah. You know, at, at any Mexican restaurant, you hear people say, "I want some more of that hot sauce." Right. I don't consider salsa hot sauce. When I think of hot sauce, I think of like Frank's that you put on wings. Exactly. Or like Tabasco. Exactly. Louisiana hot sauce. sauce. I mean, it says it in the name. Right. Whereas salsa is, you know, a tomato-based, chunkier thing. Which is what I was talking about this product. That it's a new local product that's going around, which is delicious, by the way. And if they'd like to be a sponsor on the show, we'll say their name. But <laughs> it is labeled as a hot sauce. Right there in the label, it says hot but sauce. But it looks, but you, but it, it looks like. I mean, salsa. I'm eating it with chips. I'm yeah. ch- it's chunky enough. I'm, I'm scooping it up, and I'm eating it last night with chips. Delicious. But my wife's like, "No, wait, that's hot sauce. That's not salsa." Like, sure, looks like salsa to me. But maybe that's. The spin. I don't know. I mean, got us talking about it. <laughs> hot sauce. See, I, I just I'm the same. I just got Big West. Hot sauce is for wings. That, and this I, that's what I consider it for. Completely agree. Like hot sauce is. It just seems like a wing sauce to me. But I promise you, that's. I mean, that's kind of what we called it growing up in my house. Picante was hot sauce. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's clearly salsa. Clearly salsa. Pass the hot sauce. You want any hot sauce on your eggs? No. You put that on. You put salsa on your eggs. I put both. I've had both. Hot like sauce and Tabasco. Eggs. I put some Tabasco on my eggs. Like you ever have divorced eggs? That that it's a Mexican breakfast dish. Look it up. It's good. Divorced eggs. If you get it, if you find it, get it. And you can get like red sauce or green sauce on it, or or just. But I've had, I've put. But I've also put salsa on my eggs. And see, that's another thing. Like if we were in New Mexico, it's red sauce and green sauce. Yeah, I consider that, but it's not really salsa though. It's more. Of a, it's, it's, it's more, of, more a of a sauce. Yeah. Than a. I mean, <laughs> there's different. Anyway. Well, whatever it's called, it's good. They're all good. Hot sauce. You know what I got last night? What'd you get? 
for the first time. I haven't tasted it yet because uh, it would have been rude and cruel to my wife, who is going. She's kind of resetting her 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 body food wise, mm. so she's going through a three day little deal here. She grumpy? No, no, no. She just kind of sounds so, like that's a recipe for a grumpy wife. Sometimes her anyway acid and it just anyhow she does this periodically just kind of doesn't eat meat essentially oh okay so we were getting some school supplies last night after meet the teacher which we're supposed to do that before no no they had lists oh you show up and get the list then go get it that's correct oh gotcha in middle school seventh grade they had a list for us which meets meet the teacher was pretty interesting since one of them's my cousin another one i mean i knew the teachers that's what I, you know. Well, yeah. It, it was kind of fun to go back through the old, because where he's going for middle school is where I went for high school. Right, right. So I was like, ah, oh, we're looking for, uh, you know, Coach Thornton's class. We go around the corner, I'm like, it's Miss Red's class. Yeah. You know, so yeah. on and so forth. Yeah. Anyhow, so after we, we went and got some school supplies, and guess what I found for the first time? I still have not partaken in. Dr. Pepper float ice cream. Oh, dude, you need to grab some. And it's all I did. I got a big giant deal. Oh, oh it wasn't good. even the little guy. It was a big giant. I haven't even found the little guy. Sometimes during my lunch break, if I have to go to Walmart, and I'll trot over there hoping I can find the little ones. They don't have there those. There was a little guy on top I, of the big tub. I saw him in tub. Florida, though. I saw the little ones in Florida, but not here. So I'll report back. I think we can't eat that till tomorrow night to try it. I'm anxious to get I your reaction. I cannot wait to try that out. Anyhow, yeah, there, no one thinks. No one calls hot sauce Tabasco. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, hot sauce salsa, except for my mother, maybe. I'm forwarding this picture to everyone that's texting in and just to see what I'm talking about. All right. I've so already forwarded it to Will. Who is the biggest over, or I'm sorry, underachiever in college football? There's an article written on ESPN's website. You know, anytime you do these, it's a little bit subjective. There are some ways to quantify this. <clears throat> but in your mind, who is it? Uh, let me look at my list here. Da, 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 da. The biggest underachiever, or do we have a like of all time? Just or, right now, like right I, now. I mean, I think right now. Well, there's. And I, I'm going to say this team, and you're going to say, "Well, that's just because you're an OU fan." But Texas kind of vaults up that list as. A, a university as a program that has all the all the they have the f facilities, the boosters, the location right there in the middle of Texas for recruiting. And what has that got them? Since '05, what has that got them? Mm, they won conference won title in '09. Played for the title. Well, yeah, I've played for one there and here, whatever. So they're up there, but I'm not ready to say. I mean, is Oklahoma on that list? No. Not even close yet. Not yet? The answer, according to ESPN, and I happen to agree with, because as much as we think Texas is underachieved, they do have something to show for their efforts. This team really doesn't. And it's just right down the road. Who would that be? The Texas A&M Aggies. That's a good one. Think about who it you – know, Five and seven last year after having supposedly the greatest recruiting class of all time. Now I get it may take a year or two for that, but think what they have done. 
hard to, right? I mean, they're I'm thinking. Their claim to fame <laughs> is upsetting Kansas State in what, 98? 97? 97 in the Big 12 title game? Yeah, 90, no, no, 98. 98. 98. 98. That was their one and only Big 12 title. They only played in two. Right. For a, for, a, for a place that has that much going for it, A&M, yeah, here you go. And <laughs> we're getting on the text message. Yes. People agree oh, uh, yeah. that A&M is number one, at least for right now. Now, I, I think there was times where two years ago, Georgia might top this list. That's over. No, that, that's done. Yeah. Obviously. But what I'm saying is A&M, you kind of feel like with the recruiting that they've been able to do in the SEC, you know, maybe the Georgia path is available for you. You've just got to figure out how to get down. That's there. always the hope when you when they joined the the SEC, that was their hope that the recruiting would and I mean, oh it has. It has. It just, it hasn't, just hasn't in true A&M fashion and hasn't led to anything. No. Now there there's another kind of tier to this. And that is the underachievers when it comes to making the playoff. And now here is where we'll find the Texas Longhorns. Who else do you th- who else do you think of as programs that in the first decade of the playoff, kind of after you know since we, since we've kind of been through a decade of it, who do you look up and go? God, they should have made the playoff. They're, that program is too good not to make the, the the playoff. USC, it screams USC to me. Even last year, they, let's face it, should have made the playoff. Should have beat Utah twice and didn't because of everything we've always talked about, defense and all that stuff. But even before Lincoln Riley, though, they were, I mean, they just subpar, and that's just not their standard. And, in a weak conference, you think a team like USC could have a year or two where they would come out of that conference as champions with one or even no losses and get a ticket to the playoff, and they never could. So that uh, I mean, that's my answer, my final answer. USC. Yeah, I've got Texas, USC, Penn State. Yeah, I mean that's what I was kind of talking about yesterday with Penn State being what in the preseason number seven mm-hmm. and every year they seem to be top 10 and every year they underachieve it here's they another always one. finish lower than that ranking here's another one i didn't write down and i'm racking my brain thinking they haven't made the playoff but they they're they kind of fell off as the playoff started and we've gotten this one on the text line from numerous people florida yeah I mean, it, it, that's right. Their it, domination was before the playoff. That's right. It's, yeah, that's right. It's kind of. I mean, it's hard to call them underachievers in the in the span that we're talking about, just because of the back to back national title or two out of three, I guess. You know, in, in that in that time span, but recently, for sure, in the playoff era, uh, they, they'd be right up there as a team. So let's say those four are a, above everybody. Else, USC, Texas, Penn Florida, State, and Florida State, yeah. as programs that haven't made the playoff yet. 
And we're scratching our head. Why haven't they? Yeah, yeah. who gets there first? Well, if Lee Canarly stays, I think he eventually – I mean, he did it at OU. I think eventually he will get into the playoff. It's a bit, if he stays, he's going to be connected to – I mean, we were talking NFL jobs earlier. He's going to be connected to a lot of them. There's probably a fair chance that a couple of these make it next year at the same time for the first time because of the expansion of the playoff mm-hmm. and, and being in different conferences. Well, yeah, yeah. As far as this year and this year only? This year, 14 playoff. I mean, this is the year to do it if you're at USC. Or Texas. Or Texas. Man, if you really start looking into what Texas has coming back and what the rest of the Big 12 doesn't, or the question marks, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, one of the, almost the only question mark surrounding Texas doesn't have anything to do with their players. It's just the brand Texas. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've seen this before yeah. type thing. Uh, Ohio State has won the playoff. They won the first one, didn't they? I believe that's right. Yeah, they won the first one against Oregon. So now question the next question on this, who's the next school to win their first national championship? Now, I use the AP only. Yeah, I had to look up who has not because right. there's a lot of those that are claimed or whatever. I will go with, because of uh, the tradition of winning you with schools that have not broke through yet, so I kind of stick with that. I will say Oregon. They've uh, made a great hire in, in Lanning. They were, they were pretty solid last year. I think he likes it there, and he'll be there for a minute. So, And then, of course, in the new conference, it, it's not going to hurt them in recruiting. That was evident yesterday. They had a kid flip from USC to go to Oregon because of the conference change. I think that was pretty well documented. So I'll say Oregon. I, you know, they had their chances and you know during the Chip Kelly era and came up short. But they continue to win. You just got to think eventually they'll break through and get one. How about you? I had Oregon. Um, I had I, here's who I had as far as who would, who would be the made a list. Yes, Oregon, Wisconsin, Utah. I had Utah I and OSU. I you know what I considered Utah and OSU. Yes, it's who I had. Uh, yes, Michigan has Michigan's won two. Because I was questioning on the text line. But I, I, to me, Oregon seems closest of those, even though Utah's won the Pac-12 two years in a row. And, and maybe that's unfair to, to Utah or Oklahoma State because while Oregon and Wisconsin will be conference mates and the the chances or, or the number of spots for their conference in the 12-team pl- playoff are, are more – also think that Utah and Oklahoma State might be playing in a, in a little bit of a weaker conference, which gives them a better chance of guaranteeing you one as the conference title, mm-hmm. you know, the conference title. So, but those are kind of, but to me, Oregon's pretty far and away the closest or has been the closest of those teams to, to being able to get out on top for the first time ever. So, Chip Kelly, did you see his plan? No, I didn't. 
I think it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, that 64 number has been talked about a bunch as far as Power 5 teams. I think it's really been like 69 with the way the conferences have been until, you know, this latest shakeup with some teams that came up from the group of five that are now considered Power 5 with the, with the conferences that, are, that they're in and whatnot. But 64, I mean, it's just a nice round number, right? Mm-hmm. Four 16-team conferences or whatever have you. His theory is this, and, and it's tied a lot more to the travel and the and the money that's going to have to be spent because of conference re- realignment for sports not named football. Oh, yeah. Because he says, listen, you know, we, we travel once a week, four or five times a year. So football's not like everybody else. Why can't we just be 64 independent football teams? Oh, yeah. The conferences can work. How, and, and then and, and the point of it is then we don't have to be spread all across the country with a conference, quote-unquote, for football that then puts such a major hassle and such a major financial burden on the smaller sports that have to come along with. You can have 64 independents in football, schedule them up, have a playoff, have a, tie, have a, have a winner. Group of five can do the exact same thing. And then all the other, then all the other, all the other sports can go back into the conferences that make sense geographically, so that the travel expense is cut down. I takes all those other sports into consideration. I like it, but then you're going to get the pushback from the TVs. So we have deals. We we sell the brand of a conference. If there's no brand to sell, how do do they sell the games? Okay, but are you selling the brand of the conference, or are you selling the brand of the teams that are inside that? that That's true. That is true. Your your mind immediately goes to, all right, it's the – if I'm going to sit down and watch a game, it's the SEC game of the week or the ACC game of the week. I'll go with the SEC, but even you, though it's Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah, probably not, though, because what if it's Clemson and Florida State on the other one? Yeah, no, that's true, too. You know, you're – so, okay, I've come up with my plan. But you're first looking at SEC go, well, what sure are the you are. Because the conference, it just means I, more. <laughs> I, I think that, well, you're just used to that game being bigger because the teams have been better. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> I think 64 is such a nice round number. And we could do this very easily right now because the Big 12 has 16, the SEC has 16, the Big 10 has 18, and the ACC has 14, right? Just move two of those Big Ten schools into the ACC. Yeah, give them Rutgers. And in, Maryland, in whatever. Maryland. It yeah. doesn't. Whoever you want to. Just put them back. Now, from there, all the money from TV is just put in a big old pile. And it's split evenly for the four conferences because all we're, we're we're doing college football we're not doing you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. now if you're out there going well that's not it's not fair because one team's pulling their weight and the other one isn't well here's how that happens to spread the money to, to, to force you to try 
One, so within your conference, there's guidelines on how the money is how the money has given to each school depending on your results. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So one through sixteen, number one gets more money than number sixteen, and and so on and so forth, all the way down through the list. And of course, because I am so enthralled with the relegation part of all this, the teams that aren't in the first sixty-four will play each other. They'll have a playoff. They can put little conferences. They can put conferences together as well, geographically. The say there's four of those. You go Mountain West. You could go like Sun Belt. You go, you know what. Mac, you know, just trying to think about where everything's at. They can have a playoff. Their top four each get to get into the, you know, the the worst in the 16-team conference, the worst team. And if there's a tie for worst, if they played, the loser's out. If they haven't played, play. Don't you think it'd be fun to watch a game in between, say, the conference championship or the, the start of the playoff? In the end of the regular season, with the team playing for their conference lives and not being relegated down to the crappy TV deal? Oh, yeah. Getting to stay a big time. I think that would be fascinating to get to watch a game like that. And just roll through. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I like what Chip Kelly's saying, but there's a, there's a team that if it, that this would have happened 20 years ago, or heck, even ten years ago, this team wouldn't be where they they, they wouldn't have the chance to do what they did. That's TCU. Think about what what TCU has been through as a as a program. Terrible in the Southwest Conference, so terrible in fact that they got left out of the conference realignment that was creating the Big Twelve. They wandered through the wilderness of a couple of different places, the Mountain West. Until Gary Patterson built them back to the level that they are now. And what did that do for them? Got them in the Big 12. And that's only, you know, so it, they are an example of getting it, you know, just doing, doing what you had to do to keep going. And eventually when you got your chance, bam, there they were. So it's not like it's impossible for these, you know, thinking about Oregon State and Washington State right now. They seem, and Stanford and Cal, maybe to a lesser extent those two. But Oregon State and Washington State seem like they are left out in the cold and they're done forever. That's also what it seemed like for TCU. Yeah. They didn't get the invite to the Big 12, and now look. Look where they are now. In the Big 12, it just played for a national title. So I don't think those teams have to be discarded away forever there has to be a way to get back and it, unfortunately this realignment feels more like consolidating and to me consolidating means kind of building fences and yeah I'm afraid that's where we're at for teams like that. Yeah. We'll be back to wrap it up. It's almost here. In motion is Patton. It's going to be that trap play to Garbarino up the middle. That's a 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Big Elks! 
Cooper Garbarino, 77 yards. We're closing in on the start of Big Elk football, which means Big Elk TV will be on the air before you know it. Wynn and Garza are the running backs. Jones under center. Austin, snap, turn, hand off to win. Jaden Piles toward. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. You'll be able to watch and see if Coach Maynard's brown and white clad Elks can continue their winning ways. Snap back, play action, lobs it toward the end zone. He's got a man. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. Tucker Garza. To get your business on the Big Elk TV screen, call 225-9696 or stop by our office at 220 South Pioneers. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal wrapping it up here on a Wednesday. Don't forget, Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em is back. And better than ever. It's on ESPN's website. I've got a link to our group posted on our Skinny on Sports Facebook page. Here's how it works. We start Labor Day weekend. We pick games against the spread in college football all year long, clear through the conference championship games. The winner of this year's contest will receive $400 cold, hard cash. 200 to second, 100 to third. And then if you're sitting out there going, well, I'm not, I won't be very good at this. Perfect. If you'll pick every week, pick every game, and if you get last place of the people that picked every game, you get a hundred bucks too. Can we win? No. So we're gonna play along. So what happens if well, we can't win? We get first, second, or third. Whoever's behind it, it'll just jump up. We're like amateurs in in PGA Tour events. We don't get the cash winnings. We have to. Forfeit it to somebody Forfeit else. Forfeit it to the next person below us, or do we? Below us. Okay. Yeah. But we do get bragging rights, so we do. that. We do get bragging rights. Okay. That all stems from, quite frankly, winning that bowl contest last year <laughs> and then getting to it the Thunder game. You know, it's one thing when the Thunder game tickets were like Loud City and, you, could, you know, they look like ants. There's a whole nother when you got to be in the – Lower bowl. Yeah. Our listeners sought to get to enjoy that. I That's agree. That's what I decided. Okay. I didn't know that was the case, or Possum might have got to go. Because I think he was second in the bowl pick last year. So, tough break for Possum. <laughs> Good break for it. I thought, you know what, this is pretty – This, even though it's – I mean, we can't rig the contest. It's impossible to do. But we do also don't want the – uh, appearance as if we're rigging the contest. It looked pretty weird. If you well, want, how, how do we possibly do that? Uh, change our pick, like if if because we're the administrator of the contest. Can we do that? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, can't. We can't do any of that. As soon as the games kick off, it's it it's has locked that locked. In. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, we can't. We don't have any connections to the kicker and ask him to miss the field goal or anything. Not that you know of. <laughs> no, but it's a great contest. No, that's going to be fun. West Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em. People before property is the motto of the group. It's the motto down at uh, West Oklahoma Realty. And so come get involved. I mean, it's free to play. 
and you can win some nice, really good money. And I promise you, as much fun as it would be to win that money, being able to tell your buddies that you got last and still got paid will be awesome. How'd you do in the pick'em this year? I got last, but I got paid. Oh yeah, you can brag for getting first too. There, there needs to be a lot more contests like that. Get last and get paid. Yeah, I do not disagree. This is one of them. Yeah, here and here's the deal. Like we said, ever since we posted this, the reason why we're going to give some money to last is it's just as hard to miss all these picks. Yeah. as it is to get them right. Trust me, you can try to miss all ten, and you're going to go. About 50-50. You can try to get them all right, and you're going to go about 50-50. But get involved. It's going to be fun. And uh, we'll talk about it all season long. All right, good deal. Way to go, Orioles fans. The free Kevin Brown chant in the seventh inning was awesome. Yeah. It, it, it The Orioles fans won me over. And with the, their response to all this. And he's back Friday. Everybody have a wonderful Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow right here on the Skinny on Sports. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening.